Hello, this is Mike Burek. I'm your host for Krenitsya, The Well, a podcast series about Ukrainians and their lives around the world. And I'm pleased to say today we'll be speaking with Mark Hovansky, who is a Lemko Ukrainian American second generation. He is the head of uh, OOL, the Organization for the Defense of Lemkushchina, which was founded in the 1930s in the U.S. So, Mark, can you give us some background on your on yourself, your profession, education, and family, and so forth? Sure, and thanks for having me, Mike. I really welcome the opportunity. Um, I, as you said, I am a, a second-generation American born in Yonkers, New York. My uh, parents emigrated from Poland um, in the 60s. I grew up in Yonkers until I was about 15 years old. I was active in the Ukrainian community there, attending Saturday schools, uh, attending the Ukrainian American Youth Association, also known as SUM. Uh, and I was very active in, in sports, such as the Krilati, um Sports Club and the New York Kozaks Hockey Club. Uh, when I was in high school, my family relocated to Connecticut, and that's where I attended high school. And then I went on, on to attend Harvard University in Boston, where I, I received a degree in engineering. Um, but at the same time, I was always interested in Ukrainian activities and uh, was was part of the Ukrainian club at Harvard and took a lot of uh, elective courses in Ukrainian history and language even while I was in college. After college, I lived and worked in Ukraine for a few months um, and then came back to America and started my engineering career, received an MBA uh, part-time while I was working, and now I'm in my 40s, married with two young children, and still trying to balance my engineering career and uh, my activity in the Ukrainian community. Mark, when did your family come from the Lemko region of Poland to the U.S.? And specifically, uh, what villages did they come from? Yeah, good question. Um, my father was born in a village called Zdynia. And Zdynia is where there is a big Lemko festival, uh, Vatra, today, and, and kind of one of the centers of Lemko culture in Lemkiushchina. Uh, my mother was born not too far away in a village called Smetakivets. Um Both of them were forcibly relocated to western Poland during Akcja Wisła in the 40s, in 1947, um, and Basically, their families were disconnected from each other through the the end of the 1940s and the 50s. My uh, mother's family came to America in 1962 to Stanford, Connecticut, and my father's camp family came to America in 1965 to Yonkers, New York. Um, and then later in the 60s, the late 60s, my parents met at a uh, Ukrainian dance in Yonkers. So, um, long story short, they were born in southeast Poland in the 60s, relocated, I mean, in the 40s, excuse me, uh, relocated to western Poland in, uh, um, also in the 40s, and came to America in the 60s. 
And didn't your sister, uh, Deanna Hovansky-Riley, recently uh, write a book called Scattered, The Forced Relocation of Poland's Ukrainians After World War II? Sure, yeah. So, um, absolutely. My sister, um, very proud of her work. She, she put many years into researching uh, Ukrainian history, and specifically Ukrainian-Polish relations after World War II. She received a Fulbright scholarship after she graduated from Columbia University and traveled to Poland and Ukraine to research uh, the topic. And she interviewed many people who lived through that time period and focused on our family, but did a whole lot of research and also went through archival material and basically uh, put together the history of Lemko Ukrainians uh, after World War II, and that ended up being the book. But it all started with her Fulbright work after college, um, which inspired her to research it some more, and then um, she eventually got a book contract from University of Wisconsin, and the, and the book was published uh, last year. And the book, as I said, tells the whole history of Lemko Ukrainians from a uh, factual context based on archival material and first-person interviews, uh, but it, it is structured as a narrative, and it focuses on my on my family, and specifically it focuses on my grandmother and her sister and brother. And for those familiar with the history, uh, it's a pretty typical story of Lemkos, where uh, the family was born in Lemkiushtina in southeastern Poland and w was living in their ancestral land where Ukrainians were living for, for generations and generations, hundreds of years. And then because of the historical uh, activity events in the 40s where half a million ethnic Ukrainians were sent to uh, back to the Soviet Union and, and the, the remaining um, uh, Ukrainians were, were sprinkled around uh, Poland is an effort to break down that ethnic enclave. Uh, families got split up, split up, and our family uh, basically, uh, as I said, is typical of Lemko families at the time. Where one, my grandmother's brother, ended up going back to the Soviet Union, and his family is still in uh, modern-day Ukraine. They are in the Ivano-Frankivsk area, um, and then the other two sisters were still in Poland in 1947, were relocated to the West. My grandmother uh, got married, and uh, later in the 60s, as, as I mentioned, um, were tired of being an ethnic minority in Poland and decided to emigrate to America. And you know, that's, that's my direct uh, ancestral line. So my grandmother and grandfather came to Stanford, Connecticut, and have a family here in Connecticut. And then the third sister remained in Poland, in the Western Poland, and we have family there uh, because she eventually got married and had kids as well. So our family is scattered, as the name of the book says, and we have uh, relatives in modern-day Ukraine, in modern-day Poland, and in America. Uh, very interesting. Thanks for sharing that. I'd like to turn attention to OOL and its history. Uh, from what I recall, you were elected president of OOL in uh, 2013. Um, right. 
can you give us some background on OOL? It's, it's kind of interesting because it's one of the older Ukrainian organizations around since it was founded in the 1930s. Can you share with our audience um, your understanding of why it was founded and what some of its early activity was like? Sure, sure. So, um, as you said, the organization is old. We, we uh, recently had our, our latest elections in 2016, where I was re-elected as the president, and that marked uh, our 30th national conference and our 80th anniversary after our, the first Congress, which was in um, Philadelphia in 1936. So the organization did start in 1933, and the, the incentive was for Lemkos, or at that time they were calling themselves Rusins or Rusnaks, uh, who came to America, really wanted to do two things. One, they wanted to help their family members who were still back in the old country, back in Krayu, and help them um, with financial and humanitarian aid. And two, they, they wanted to build a network here to help new immigrants get on their feet, almost a fraternal type function. Um, so in the, from the very beginning, uh, OOL was collecting money and sending it back to uh, do specific things such as uh, buy books that the Prosvita organization, in, uh, uh, which was active in the Lemko region, uh, was using these books to help educate um, the local population, help teach them how to read, help educate them about um, Ukrainian uh, history and, and things like that. So the very beginnings were about providing humanitarian aid back to the local population. Um, you know, as, as the, uh, the organization has grown, you know, now we're, we're uh, 80 plus years later, we still do that aspect of humanitarian aid back to the Lemko region. Um, but now it's more about preserving the old structures. Uh, so we touched on Aktiv Isla a little bit, but um, what's happened in that area is most of the, the Ukrainian population is gone, but the old churches, the old um, cemeteries still exist, and they're not really being taken care of by the Polish government. So it's up to organizations uh, like ours, Lemko organizations, to help uh, maintain these uh, historical and cultural gems, really. Um, and we do partner with, with uh, UNESCO and, and, and other organizations to, to help preserve them. So we're helping preserve the, the Lemko culture financially. There are also local organizations such as schools um, and uh, dance troops, singing troops who are preserving Lemko culture. Uh, and we partner with them to, to help support them. So the, the support aspect is still is still a big part of what we do. Um, the fraternal aspect of helping people get on their feet here in America, that ha has kind of died down. That's not really a need today. And for a good reason, because the Lemkos who came here um, were very successful in building their their themselves up here in America. And they, especially our organization, we were integrated with the Ukrainian National Movement so uh, Ukrainian credit unions are very strong now. 
the Ukrainian uh, national homes are, are, are in every city. Churches, uh, businesses have, have done a great job in the hundred years of, of building a vibrant um, Ukrainian uh, um, structure here. And I know your podcasts are, are, are helping uh, you know, explain all the various aspects of that. Um, so the need to help Lemkos get on their feet isn't a major focus. They can go to the credit union or, or the, um, you know, fraternal organizations such as UNA or, or others. So our focus has kind of shifted to be more of a preservation and educational society. So what I, I, I'm uh, focusing on is, is preserving and recording um, the Lemko history and culture and helping to educate um, the next generation uh, of, uh, of Lemko. So uh, we're in a transitional period now where I'm the first president who was born in America. Every other president was born in Europe um, and was a direct connection back to Lemkyushina. And, and now I'm one step removed, but I see that as a positive because our, our membership today still is, I'd say, 90% uh, Lemkos from Europe originally. Um, but these people are getting older and they're, they're, they're uh, slowly uh, leaving us. So it's important to um, transition into uh, the modern needs of the organization. So we're really at a unique point uh, with the organization. So I hope that helps give a little little background uh, to the organization and answer your question. Yeah, it does. It's very interesting. Um, so what would you like to change about the Lumpco community here in the U.S.? And also, what would you like to see changed about the Lemko community worldwide? Wow, those are those are big questions. You could probably talk for hours about those. But you know, first let's start about what's great about the Lemco community. Um, and Lemcos were were some of the first immigrants from that part of the world to come to America, and um, and it's mostly because the the ability to to come from the old Austria-Hungarian Hungarian Empire and then Poland it was easier than from say the Russian Empire and later the Soviet Union. So just um, by nature of politics, the Lemkos were part of the, of the first um, wave of immigrants to America, and they've, they were integral to building a lot of the structures here uh, in America, within the Ukrainian community, um, and, 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 you know, and, and, and so forth. Um, so I'm very proud of that, and uh, for one, I think people need to be educated about that. Um, I think a, a lot of our people were so focused on um, starting a new life and building the new structures um, that, and also building the Ukrainian nation that they didn't um, really uh, self-promote. It wasn't about self-promoting, it was more about survival. And I, I think one thing that needs to be happen is this old history needs to be um, captured, maybe repackaged and represented in a way for people to understand what really happened. I'm very proud of the history of Lemkos, but I think it, it, it's, it needs to be shared in, in new and fresh ways. Um, so what so, would be so one of the ways to share that, Mark? Well, you know, what, podcast is a great example of one way to do it because the, the media channels are changing. Um, print newspapers, print magazines, um, they're 
less popular than they used to be. So social media is the future. So Facebook, internet, um, email, uh, podcast, those are all things we need to take advantage of. Um, and, and OL is doing that. We have a, a revamped website. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. Um, so we're taking advantage of, of those, those opportunities. Also, using the English language. Um, on one hand, I'm very proud of our organization because we are the most authentic Lemco organization uh, in America because, as I said, most of our members are from from that part of the world. And we still communicate to each other. We hold our meetings in Ukrainian, in the Lemco dialect. Uh, our publications are still, for the most part, in Ukrainian um, with some of the Lemco dialect mixed in. And that's great, uh, but it... it it doesn't uh, allow some of the younger generation um, and the second and third generation of Lemcos to participate because they don't have that, that knowledge of the language. So um, a lot of, of the things I'm trying to do are simple translation projects to take some materials that are out there and exist and make them bilingual. Um, so you know, those are two, two examples. Uh, one, using so, you know, modern media channels, and two, using the English language. So we're almost out of time, Mark, and I'd like to ask you one final question. Uh, last summer, you visited the Lemko Vatra in Virginia. I can imagine that must have been a very emotional trip for you. What impressed you the most about the Vatra, and what did you like the least about it? Again, you know, great questions. Great questions. Um, yes, that Vatra was very emotional. Um, one, as I mentioned, my father was born in Zhenya, and some of his ancestral land is actually part of the land that's used for Vatra. So I have a direct connection to that festival. Um, and, you know, my father passed away a few years ago. Uh, so that was another added emotional element. I really felt a strong collection to my, connection to my father being back in the land where he was born. Um, and there was a ceremony where we... Uh, were asked to ring a bell to to uh, to honor the people who lived through Aksavisla, um and, and honor what you know, their suffering. Um, and I was asked to participate in that. So there were some very emotional elements uh, to my my trip there. Um, and I, I was impressed one by the beauty of the area. Uh, you know, the mountains uh, of Lankusha are beautiful. It's, it's in my blood, and uh, the, the beauty. It, it's really striking, and it's it's an untouched uh, area where 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 you you really feel part of nature when you're there. Um, and I was really inspired by how many people attended from all you know, different areas. Lemkos came back from uh, from Ukraine, from Poland, from Slovakia, from Serbia, uh, from America, from Canada, seeing Lemkos who've had a difficult history maintaining their culture and coming back to the, to the homeland was really inspiring. Um, and especially the younger generation, uh, I saw with my own eyes, teenagers, people in the twenties getting together and, and maybe their Ukrainian language or Lemko language is, is not that strong because they've assimilated to wherever they are, be it Poland or, or America, um, but they knew the songs um, and they knew they were Lemko and they wanted 
They wanted to preserve them. And they hung out and sang and danced all night long and were building these friendships. For me, that uh, was really inspiring and is, is proof that the uh, Lemko culture will survive into the next generation. And, and uh, despite um, efforts of the, the Polish communist government and under the direction of the Soviet communist government, despite their best efforts to, to break uh, the Lemko culture, they did not succeed. The Lemko culture will survive. And so those, those are the most, those most positive um, aspects. Um, you, you also asked me, you know, what would I like to change or what could be improved? Um, well, you know, the Lemko history is complicated. We're a borderline people that, that have been, um, we're an old culture that's older than any of the modern nations in Europe. And we've been tried, you know, countries have tried to, to kind of integrate us. So, um, I personally, uh, feel part of the Ukrainian, uh, nation, uh, and, and I feel that the Lemkos, uh, are part of the Ukrainian nation state, but there are others who, who didn't join that national movement, uh, and uh, for whatever reason, and there, there's still some, you know, some infighting, let's say, internal politics. Uh, and for me, uh, I think what Lemkos need to do is take a step back and accept that our culture is complicated or our history is complicated. And, you know, we're on the borderline. We, we've, we've been sliced and diced by different nation states, different churches. Um, and, and, we need to take a step back and say, you know what, that is part of our history. We're older than, than everybody else. Um, we have roots that are based on family and faith and hard work. And, and we need to accept uh, that, that these things happened and be able to talk to each other and not let, us, let it divide us. So, um, you know, these, these political differences uh, are, are probably the thing I struggle with the most. Uh, being a Lemko, uh, and you know, I, my hope is that we, as as a as a culture, as a people, can uh, not you know work through it and understand that we are older, we are bigger than that, and we will survive. Um, and like I mentioned before, I'm optimistic that is the case because these younger kids that I saw at Zhenya Lem at Zhenya Vatra. Um, not all had a Ukrainian orientation. Some of them were not, but they kind of look at it as, as older politics, you know, and older problems. And the younger generation is more open-minded and more uh, willing to talk things through and uh, more willing to, to kind of come, come, come to middle. So, you know, you know, I could talk for hours about this, but like I said, um, I, I'm a proud Lemko, I'm a proud Ukrainian, and I think um, the culture will survive, the people will survive. Our, our, um, our background goes back thousands of years, and things like I said, faith, family, hard work are bigger than any um, modern politics, and so I believe that, that we will survive as a, as a culture. Well, thanks so much, Mark. I think we're out of time. And uh, I want to thank you again for talking with our audience today about uh, OOL and uh, Lemkos and Ukrainian-Americans and your experiences both here in the U.S. 
uh, and in Poland. And, um, you know, like you, I hope that for the future, our communities will be able to be more inclusive and to uh, really celebrate the beauty of Lemko and Ukrainian American culture. So this is my. Yeah, and I. Go, go ahead, Mark. You off, Mark. One last note. But I, I, yeah, I would just say that that um, you know I welcome anyone who wants to learn more about what we do, wants to learn more about Lemkos, to visit our website, which is www.lemko-ool.com. So it's lemko-ool.com, and and um, I welcome anyone to 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 uh, learn more about what we do. Great. So this is Mike Burek, your host for Krenitsia, The Well, a podcast series about Ukrainians and their lives around the world. And today we were speaking with uh, Mark Kowalski, uh, president of OOL, the Organization for the Defense of Lemkushina. That's it for today.